BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to let everyone know you can find this show on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts. So make sure to go and subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast provider if you haven't already. Also, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age. And you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash thevikingage. Okay, let's get into some Vikings talk. The Vikings are not inside field goal range for Morton Anderson. without even really being able to run as he shoots the moon to the fans here in Green Bay. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. And it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. That is disgusting by Randy Moss. On today's show, our guest will be Tyler Haig. Uh, We used to co-host a different Minnesota Vikings podcast together called Bleeding Purple. Some of you might have heard of it. But uh, before we talk to Tyler, let's answer some Twitter questions. All right. The first question comes from Mason Adams at Mason Adams underscore on Twitter. And he asks, do you think the Vikings will move anyone before the trade deadline? Now the trade deadline is coming up on November 3rd next week. Um, and the Vikings have are already made a trade. They traded Yannick Ngakwe to the Ravens for uh, some draft picks. Um, but if I had to put money on an answer, I would say, no, the Vikings 
will not trade anyone before the deadline. Now, would I be surprised if they did end up actually trading a player or two? No, absolutely not. They're one and five and, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So it wouldn't be crazy of them to start planning for, for 2021. So, um, one thing though, I do think some maybe are overreacting a little bit to the Yannick Ngakwe trade because I think Minnesota just realized he probably wasn't going to be around this past season or past this season. So instead of letting him walk next year and getting nothing in return, the Vikings just sent him to the Ravens for some draft picks and he's got, you know, something instead of nothing. So some might not be happy with what Minnesota got in return from Baltimore for Ngakwe, but it's still better than nothing. I think some saw that trade as like a signal that the Vikings are going to just have a fire sale. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's true because I honestly think Minnesota's locker room and coaching staff still think they have a shot at making a run to the playoffs this year. Um, I know they're one in five, but they still have 10 games to go. And Kyle Rudolph recently talked about you know, the 2017 season and how people were counting them out when they were two and two. And then they won eight games in a row. And he said he thinks this year's team can can do something similar. And if that's the case, then unloading some of their top players like Adam Thielen or Harrison Smith, you know, probably isn't something they're going to do. Uh, but at the same time, if the right offer comes along, then the Vikings might consider trading someone like a Thielen or a Harrison Smith. Remember, Minnesota really didn't have any intention of trading Stefan Diggs back in March. Um, but the Bills gave them, you know, a very nice return package in their offer and the Vikings just felt like they couldn't pass up the deal. So that's what happened with that. Something like that could potentially happen again. You know, so I don't think Minnesota will make a trade before this year's deadline unless someone comes along with an offer that blows them away like, you know, the Bills did with Diggs. Okay, the next question comes from Josiah at Josiah underscore Jenkins 5 and he asks, if the Vikings traded a third or fourth for Sam Darnold, do we make other moves to secure the quarterback position? Okay, first off, it's going to take a lot more than a third or a fourth round pick for the Vikings to acquire Sam Darnold from the Jets. The Jets may be terrible, but they're not stupid. Uh, I, at least I think so. Um, maybe they are. Um, but a second round pick at the very least is probably what the Jets would need to unload Darnold to any team. And that is actually something the Vikings don't have right now, thanks to the trade with the Jaguars when they acquired Yannick Ngakwe. Um, and then the second part of your question, I'm guessing, is basically asking if the Vikings would still draft a quarterback next year if they acquired Darnold before the deadline. Um, if Minnesota did acquire Darnold, then no, I don't think they would draft a quarterback uh, next year, at least not in the early rounds. Um, you don't give up a bunch to trade for someone like Darnold and then use one of your top draft picks to bring in someone who could potentially replace him sooner than later. So the last question comes from Tim Bishop at Teacher T. Bishop, and he asks, will it take more or less than a decade for the Vikings to be relevant again? Um, definitely less than a decade for the Vikings to become relevant again and it could happen as early as 2021 but I think a realistic prediction would probably be closer to 2022 you know they have a, a lot of young players on this roster they're gonna go through some you know hiccups and and 
bumps and bruises this year. Um, but next year, though, they, they should be even better. And then the year after that, they should be, you know, this defense has the potential to be a really good unit in, in a couple of years if they all stick together. Um, at least the core group, if they stick together. Now, this all probably depends on if Mike Zimmer's still around. So um, even if they get a new coach, though, I still think 2022 is probably a realistic expectation of when the Vikings can at least get back into the playoffs, you know, if they don't figure out a way to turn things around this year. I just think the NFL, there isn't a whole lot of time to just wait and see. You know, this isn't the NBA or Major League Baseball where you get four or five years to just suck and then, you know, then you get good. You know, in the NFL, it's like you probably get like two years, maybe three if you're the Lions. Um, and if you can't get anything done during that time span, then then you're gone and you get someone someone else. So 2022 would be my realistic expectation for when you know the Vikings become relevant again as your question says but it could happen as early as 2021 you know don't be surprised you never know when it comes to the Vikings or pretty much anyone in the NFL um so that's it for me um so let's talk to Tyler All right, we are now joined by Tyler Haig. He is a former member of the Viking Age staff, and he's contributed content to some other Vikings-related sites in the past that you might have heard of. And we used to do a Vikings podcast back in the day called Bleeding Purple. He is the founder of Bleeding Purple. So welcome to the Viking Age podcast, Tyler. Thank you for having me on. This feels so good and comfortable and but weird because you're doing the thing that I usually do. So I know, it's, right? It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be <laughs> on the internet talking with uh, talking with you about football. Adam. The role, the it's, roles have reversed. Yes, here. the I'm, turn. My how the turns table. I'm I'm, I'm in charge. I got the reins. <laughs> right. Um, help me off at any time. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is a Vikings podcast. So we'll 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 talk about that. You know, because that's what people are here for. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Vikings are playing the Packers this week. The Packers are five and one, I believe, and the Vikings are one and five. They're having mm-hmm. a, a wonderful season. I believe the Packers were favored by s- about six and a half points this mm-hmm. week. Okay, which, six and which, a half, which seems kind of low. Yeah, um, I'm actually impressed by that number for the Vikings. I yeah, guess. but I, I was, I was just this whole week I've been like, it's Vikings Packers week. You know, everyone's supposed to be excited about it. Like every time this happens, but I'm not really, this is like the least excited I've been about a Vikings Packers game in a while. When is the last time like you felt like this? Maybe, I don't know if you feel the same, but if you do, when is the last time you felt this, this like little bit of excitement about a Vikings Packers game? God, it probably was the year that um, Leslie Frazier, the last time I can remember the team feeling like this was when they fired Leslie Frazier Um, because it just felt you could see the team not really caring anymore. And I feel like the first couple of weeks, the Vikings kind of had the horses where the the system that they have, the run the ball, defense, et cetera, et cetera. You could see that they could win a, a they were going to win a fair amount of games doing that. And then you start to get the injuries and now bars out and now Kendricks is out and now Hunter obviously 
Oh, not Kendricks. Hold on. Let's oh, yeah. Get sorry. ahead of ourselves. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that's this week. God, I should knock on. Oh, no. Say, that's not funny. That's not funny. And I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think the last time that I felt the team like not care like this, I think was that year. And what did they wind up finishing with like three wins that they were five, first? 10 and one. Okay. Five, 10. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Five. That's even, man, that feels a little bit better than this team. Doesn't it? It just feels uh, like Christian Ponder was the quarterback. Or was that, that was the year that was, um, I think that was the Matt Castle, Christian yes, Ponder, Josh Freeman. I think it year. was the Freeman year. I think it so, was. Wasn't a whole lot of uh, not hope. a lot of excitement there that year. Adrian no, Peterson, I think, God, honestly, was that the year? No, that was after his MVP season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it wasn't a whole lot to be no, not a lot to look forward to. No, and yeah, truthfully, I, I think that is the last time I can remember them. Like, I feel like they don't really have a chance in this game, which is like not. Especially Vikings Packers, not something that you say very often because they're always, you know, they just like each other. It's the divisional games. There's always close, like six and a half points. Okay. This doesn't feel like that to me. This feels like the Vikings are a much in a much worse place as a team right now than the Packers are. And it feels oh, yeah. like even if they both were at like tippy top shape, if they had all their horses and everybody was playing, it still feels like the Packers are probably a better team this year. Yeah. It's hard to um yeah it's hard to imagine things going well for the Vikings this week. But to answer, I guess your question is, I can't remember the last time <laughs> that I was so. Now that we've gone through that, I can't remember the last time that I was so sure the Vikings were going to lose a game to the Packers. Like I'm positive they're going to get annihilated, and I don't even like. It won't even bother me, you know, if that makes sense. Like I, I expect that. So if anything, if they're competitive, I'm like okay. Cool. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like um, I mean, just recently when they played the Seahawks, I think everyone just figured they were going to get yeah stomped on. And mm-hmm. Does that they had a very good chance to win, but you know they decided to not kick a field goal and go up. At what point was <laughs> was that when you knew they were going to lose, or did they oh, have to yeah. get the ball again everyone, as soon as they kicked that field goal or didn't kick the field goal? I was like, this game's over. You know, what? I this haven't I haven't really had the opportunity to talk about this, but. They definitely should have kicked a field goal, and I know analytics or whatever says to you know yeah. go for it, you win the game, keep it out of Russell Wilson's hand. But that that small chance that he might get the ball should be enough to kick the field goal. Like the fact that he even has a one percent chance to get yes. the ball should be enough for it to convince you to take the points. Like and to me that is the big thing is if you're it's you're Russell Wilson. It's de- not it's not like yes. it's Brian Tannehill or, yes. or and you're or making else. the decision for the right reason. The reason yeah. they didn't kick the field goal is because they didn't want him to have the ball back. Right. But you have to acknowledge as a coach, as a coaching staff that he's getting the ball back either way there. You have mm-hmm. to take the points and hope that it's a tie game at the end of it. You know, because that was it correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what it would have been. It would have been a seven point game. They would have come down Probably scored a touchdown. And then an eight point. Eight point. They would have had to go for eight two. Point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even better then. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I feel that's, like this that's, season that's a back is and more. Forth. There's, so many, there's so many people on each side. And... Totally. Well, and, and then you can even look at that specific play. Like, they had it all blocked up and ready to go. And yeah. if Duke cuts the right way, it's a first down and the game's over. Do you – I wanted to ask you this. Games like the Seahawks – games like the first game or two of the year like their level of competitive 
ness in some of these losses does that give you any kind of hope for this team or are you kind of already like i mean they're gonna have to win 10 straight to make the playoffs right at one <laughs> and five so like that probably that dream is probably Maybe over but like, they gotta win at least probably eight games yeah um but i mean i did have hope after you know they played the titans they lost by one of the titans they beat mm-hmm. the texans and then they lost by one of the seahawks but then, you know, against the Falcons, they, they pooped the bed. Like, oh, they look so bad. But but being a Vikings fan, and, and you you know this, we shouldn't be surprised that they came out like that against the Falcons. That's that's a that's a game they always lose, especially under yep. Mike Zimmer. They go into a situation, they underestimate their opponent. You know, you go back and you look at a team, the, the game like against the Bills in yes. 2018. There's yep. been a bunch of games in his tenure where... They're just like, oh, this is this is a gimme game. No it's matter the easy what. win, right? It's the easy win, and then they just blow it. And, yeah. and for a team like this right now, where you are at the record that they are at, you cannot have a game like that. Like that's the end of your season, basically. Mm-hmm. Is is pooping the bed like that? What have you thought of like the offense? From- I like how you switched. You've just you know, like yeah, organically switched organically interview- switched to being the head. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm interviewing you. <laughs> Do you have any hope for the offense? Like, I mean, oh, for the offense, yeah, not for the defense. Yeah, that's the thing that worries me. There's it's just too, there's too much, there's too many injuries and new faces on the defense. I know people, people are trying to blame Mike Zimmer, but uh, what? There's Eric Kendricks, um, Harrison Smith, and Anthony Harris. Those are like the only guys carrying over from last year who are still healthy. You know, there's Shamar Stefan, but. Like but he, I don't count yeah. him really. No, well, um, and you can't count the guys maker. who, yeah, exactly. The difference makers on the team. And that's when you're built like this, when you have a football team that's built for the defense to not just be good, but be really good. It, as soon as they're not really good, it exposes everything else that you suck at. And now we're starting to see the offense where it's like, oh God, they're not going to be able to move the ball. Like if Dalvin Cook is out or Adam Thielen is out, they have no offense whatsoever. You know, I like, like- I like Justin Jefferson. No, I, I think like, he's great. Don't get me wrong. But just yeah. from a defensive perspective, you yeah. know, that's an easy call to be like, oh, we'll take Double him away. Him. We'll take yeah. him away, you know. And and who else do you have? Yeah, like, but who's going to no... cover Chad Beebe? Right? And what? <laughs> when did Beebe become like Laquan Treadwell 2.0 where it's like third and eight and he's dropping it at the like six, And he's being targeted. You know? like, yeah. Yes. Like, he's even like, being targeted. Uh, and you're short of the first down. And I'm a Chad BB guy. Like oh. I liked him when he was whatever. I wanted him to make the team. But he shouldn't be the guy. He shouldn't have more targets than Adam Thielen. That's what happened against the Falcons. Exactly. And and doesn't <laughs> it seem and doesn't it seem like this offense specifically goes through these phases where it's like they forget what they're good at? You know, like, or they just like forget who their great players are. They forget who their like athletes are. Like we've seen it with Dalvin Cook a few times too, where it's like, oh, he's going to run, run the piss out of the ball for the first half. Oh, now they're down 14 and they just forget that Dalvin Cook's really good for a little while. And now they're Listen, down 21. I, I talked to this with, uh, with Dustin Baker last week and he was the guest last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said like, Mike Zimmer's philosophy works. His offense, his what he wants to do on offense works. It's the guys that go against it where things start to unravel and it doesn't work. Like you look yep. at Marv Turner, John DeFilippo, and you can say even Gary Kubiak right now, who's maybe depending on the pass a little bit too much. You're putting too much on the pass, and that's not how this team is built. It's built to run the ball, control the clock, and you know, 
have their defense make stops, which, you know what, they've been very good on third down this year, which I think has been kind of looked past mm-hmm. um, because they've given up so many points. Um, but there's still aspects about this defense that have been good. They were great in the first half against the Seahawks. They yep. they shut them down. The, Definitely. They gave up the points they gave up to the Seahawks was all in like a two minute span, and that's because their offense put them in a terrible. That's what I was position. Gonna, yes, and that's what I was going to say is when you don't – it's not just that the defense has to be good. It's that when the offense can't produce, then the defense is on the field forever, yeah. it feels like. No, no then, defense is going to be good. Like, like exactly. That. And then you have this offense where even – like there are games where even when they control the ball, like the Seattle game, they control the ball for the majority of that football game and still wind up losing because of the position that the offense put them yeah. in late in the game. You know, And that's the thing is when you when you have a team that's built like this – it just takes the one part not being up to snuff to ruin the whole thing. You know, like you can, if you don't have an offense that is built to run the ball and capable of running the ball like that, it's going to be really hard to win football games, especially when you get down, you know? You know, that would require a good offensive line, but that's not part of what Rick Spielman does. And this is the thing. And if you have an outstanding (laughs) defense, you can get by with an okay to bad offense. Outstanding defense, you can get by with one good receiver, maybe two good receivers, you know, like, but they don't have that now. <laughs> and and it really hurts them when it's time to like, like, you can feel that team when they need a stop and can't get it, you know, like, think, it's brutal. I think, I think people forget they got to the NFC championship with Case Keenum as their quarterback and Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray as their yes. top two running backs. Is they're like, like arguably their best weapons on that football team. Jared yeah. McKinnon was maybe it's not the like best their, weapon. It's not like their had. offensive line was amazing mm-hmm. that year. I mean, they had a very good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and that's the thing is when you we knew that this turnover was going to happen. I think that everybody assumed that it was going to be because of. I guess you can make a claim that it was salary cap related because of Kirk Cousins, but yeah. but I mean like a Xavier Rhodes and and those guys like they were coming back not because they didn't have the money to do it because they weren't mer- worth the money that they no. were going to want to get paid. You know. <laughs> And that turnover was bound to happen eventually. Of course, he's playing great this year. So. Of course, right? He did definitely. And I'm sure he'll be an all-pro this year. I'm sure Waynes will turn it around in the next year or two and be a really good player too. But it's just from a price standpoint, they weren't going to be able to give him that money. But when you're built so dependent on the defense and you lose so many important players on your defense, I think maybe we as Vikings fans weren't being honest with ourselves at the beginning of this season and kind of admitting that this is going to be a struggle for this defense. If anything goes, and wrong. they didn't even, they didn't have a preseason. They didn't have mini camps and have exactly. OTAs. Like you this was I mean? not, this was not a good year to have 15 draft picks. Like if, <laughs> there no. was, if there was a year <laughs> to have this much turnover on defense, you know, have your whole, all your cornerbacks be rookies. Like yes. this probably wasn't the best year, but they didn't know. I mean, you can make the argument that they probably had an idea that maybe the preseason probably wasn't going to happen, but but the draft was in May, yeah, um, or end of April. It's a one one of those. Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> they don't know what's going to happen in in three months. Nobody did, and in exactly. the entire world, like nobody knew what was going to happen the next day. For real. So, so to, yeah, you can't really fault them. And I think that's, I, that's where I, I get mad at like the fire Zimmer stuff and like the fire mm-hmm. Spielman's like. I know I know every other team had to deal with the the pandemic or whatever but each team has its own different situation and 
what they had to deal with. I was just going to say, is that this is such a specifically weird thing to turn over this many players on such an important part of your team and then have all of the pandemic stuff on top of it. And maybe that's part of why we didn't see it early is because normally we would have four preseason games to be like, oh, God, this defense is going to be really bad. And if these are the corners we're starting. I kind of felt like the first four games were like preseason games just with like how weird weird they were playing and then like – then they came out against Tennessee and looked really good. So Yeah, they looked like themselves finally. Yeah. And I felt like they looked like that in the Seattle game, too, for the first half and a little bit of the second half where I was like, okay, now they're kind of getting there. You know, they're getting off the field on third the down. They were, yeah, exactly. And then they do that. It's like, I just, <laughs> I don't know how you can. It's like the minute, well, I don't know, it's Viking fandom really. is like the minute I start to be like, okay, maybe we got a chance. It no. really is. It's Minnesota sports. Of course they don't. Fandom. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. I'll, I'll help you out there. I'm not uh, a Minnesota sports fan, but you God know better. Almighty. All right, yeah, we'll, get back to, we'll get back to this weekend's game, and I'll get back to being the host. Um, <laughs> most, I would, say mo- I would say most of us are counting out the Vikings this weekend, but what do you think maybe some of the things are that might actually lead two of Vikings win this weekend like what what does a just a lot of things have to happen in order for them to get a win or they just I don't don't know I mean it's like we said the divisional thing always helps there's such a familiarity between the Vikings and them you know like if anybody knows how to take him out of his game it's Zimmer and Patterson and you know those guys have been playing him Aaron Aaron Rodgers for a long time sorry I never said they've been playing Aaron Rodgers for a long time and they know the way to get at him. I think the question is really is, is can they execute that? And honestly, it's so hard because of the Atlanta game, but like there have been a lot of things that you can point to in previous games where it looks like they're starting to kind of put things together. There's definitely going to be, you know, growing pains in the secondary and There's no, uh, Yannick and Gakwe anymore either. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like that was like a legit move to bring the two of them together? Or do you think that was, we're just trying to get him in for Hunter until he gets back? Oh, they knew, they knew something was wrong. For sure. That's what I mean. They knew something was wrong. They wouldn't have gave up a second round pick if they didn't. Right. They were like, the way they deal with draft picks. Because they knew, they knew that uh, Hunter, if he was healthy, they probably would have had to pay him more after this year anyways. So the, the, Looking more and more, you know, at it and like reflecting on it, like they they knew that something was probably seriously wrong with Hunter, and he probably was going to miss a bunch of time. Um, and then I think they just figured out Ngakwe just wasn't a fit, yeah, and that it wasn't, wasn't worth keeping him around. He was going to leave at the end of the year anyway, so let's That's just what I was just going to say let's get, let's get for something him. for him. I know it wasn't what they paid for him or what they sent out. People were like, "Oh, I got a third round pick for him." I'm like, it could have been nothing. Exactly. Uh, and would have been nothing had yeah. everything gone smoothly, too. I so think, this is actually a yeah. blessing in disguise. I think they would have got I think they would have got a comp- compensatory pick mm-hmm. out of it. But it's the it would have been maybe like a third, a late third round at best. Sure. And they, they got an earlier one. But, yeah, I don't think they brought him in to be the dynamic duel with uh, with Hunter. I think they knew something was wrong and and they needed they need pass rushing help because, you know, a Fedio Denebo, he's he's. He has some moments, but he's not mm. he's not the uh number one guy. I think there's a reason why he didn't start over Everson Griffin last year. Exactly. I think so. that's the perfect way to say it. And I think he could be like a a big player like Everson Griffin became later on. I think yeah. he will progress and get better, but yeah, I just don't think he's 
he's not your guy right now. But yeah, to answer the question, I think the Vikings, in order to win, I think they have to play well in the secondary. That's a really difficult ask because of the Would, you, ra- would you rather just them try and have a shootout maybe? Just <laughs> just say whatever, this defense isn't going to stop anybody, so we might as well just... Like truthfully, I I think that from a game plan standpoint, defensively, I think you have to treat it like that. I think you have to know that you're going to give up a certain amount of points to him and that you'll take, you know, you'll take your lumps that way. If you can, you know, get a turnover, if you can keep pressure on him consistently. And we've definitely seen Zimmer and the defense be able to do that. Um, I say that because the secondary or the cornerbacks specifically are, are hurting right now. They're, Holton Hill's not practicing. Mike Hughes yeah. isn't practicing. Cameron Dancer just went on the, the COVID list. So they've got Jeff Gladney and I think like Mark Fields and then maybe a bunch of practice squad guys. So oh, yeah, it's, that's good to have going into a matchup with, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm sure those guys are all awesome at defending that back. Adams, he's he's a he's a slouch. So uh, that'll be super easy for everybody. No, I mean that to me, that's that's got to be the key is the secondary and how they play. I mean, well, it's like you said before. Is like I just don't. It's so hard to have a lot of hope when you see those names, even their starters. You know, even if Holton Hill plays and Mike Hughes play, that still is scary. You know, like they still don't strike fear. I do like I do like Jeff Gladney. I've like. I've liked what I've seen. Mm-hmm. He's given up. He's I, given up a bunch of big plays, but he's a rookie too. I'm not gonna hold that against him. That's what I was gonna say. Is all those guys are so young still? Even Mike Hughes is like. He, oh, you remember how his, bad? Remember how bad Xavier Rose was when he was yes, a, a rookie? That's, he, was, he was terrible. That we used to talk about it all the time. The uh, they put boxing, the boxing gloves on gloves, yeah, Yes, yeah. like that was where he was at <laughs> before he. You know, like we were frustrated by him. Yeah, I think all those secondary players will be really good. I think in two years, three years, that's a dope secondary. I think they're going to be really, really tough. If but, Zimmer's still around. Yeah, good call. That's what I mean is if Zimmer's still around, if they still have the players that they're going to... I mean, this is... You run the risk of this unraveling and yeah, it would be heartbreaking to have Zimmer lose his job under these circumstances because I do think he's a good coach and I do think when he has the right coaching staff around him. If the coaching that's, staff around him believes in what he's doing, they are always really good. But when, like a, you that's, said, that's an underrated factor too this year that they, they had a lot of coaching turno- turnover too. Mm-hmm. They have a new offensive coordinator. They have two co-defensive coordinators. Yeah. They have a new secondary coach. Um, they have somebody else too. I can't remember, but yeah. they have a lot of coaching turnover too. Like they lost to Fansky. You know, mm-hmm. I think people are starting to realize, you know, Maybe he's a pretty he good was, football coach. He's a uh, pretty good coordinator. <laughs> yeah, he might have been okay at doing uh, this game. Uh, yeah, you know, the Browns are know, what, five and two? You know what it made me think of was how bristly people got. They're like, oh, it's such a jerk move of the Vikings to not let him interview with anybody. Well, now you see because they were like, no, you can't interview with anybody because yeah. you're going to be their coach after that. Yep. You get to be here with us for another year and, and whatever. Yeah, man. It's a lot of turnover. It definitely feels like this whole season, like already, not like it's lost, but it's it's uh, a rebuild, reload. Like this is a transition on the fly for for this franchise. It just sucks that they have to. Anytime they go through these, they run into Brett Favre's or Aaron Rodgers or you know, like even bleeping Nick Foles is gonna come in there and just destroy that you know like it's always it it is always so much worse than it needs to be i feel like some of these teams get to go through these like oh we had six or five wins or whatever it kind of sucked 
not us, Adam. We have to go through these like, like, am I watching? Are you, in, are you on the tank, are you on the tank train? Would you rather have them do terrible, or do you want them to just keep going and try and At win this, as much as possible? I truthfully think I think this is what I'm going to write an article about this week. I I think this is the best place to be as a Vikings fan because if you get the win, it's like hooray, we won, cool. But if you don't, it's like dope. We get a better draft pick for that. I think this is if you're a Vikings fan, this is as good as it gets because you can laugh at how bad they are because it doesn't matter. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> you can they hear me? <laughs> Jeez. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. My poor kids. They don't know. What <laughs> because, because you can not worry about the outcome really at any point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I like it obviously more when they're playing games yes. that matter, and I am caring if they win they're or lose. Beating the Packers. Yes, and they're beating the Packers. But like to like this weekend is fun because like. Oh, are they going to beat the Packers? I don't know. I don't really care. Because if they do, I'll be like, ha, the Packers, Vikings are horrible this year and you lost to us. And then if the Packers win, I get to be like, yeah, the Vikings are horrible this year. Of course yeah. you beat us. You should beat us. You should be embarrassed that you the good, beat The us. good thing is there won't be any fans there. So <laughs> so that that is the good thing. There won't be any fans in the stands. It's it's I, I keep hearing that it's supposed to be like super windy, like 20 miles an hour or whatever. Really? Um, so that'll be interesting. Maybe that plays a factor like that take maybe that takes away aaron Rodgers. yeah um, yeah 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 no i don't to believe be, that i don't been, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna actually believe that <laughs> yeah right i would love to be able to believe that but yeah right i think that to me has been the most interesting thing about nfl football this year is like you're watching nfl football but then you realize that no there's nobody in the stands or you know like weird. there's no like it's third down and why couldn't i tell it, it was in, open, there's nobody cheering you know like, in uh u.s bank stadium like you yeah. don't. I don't think we realized how much the crowd actually plays a factor, especially for yes. the Vikings in that stadium for their totally. defense. Seattle too. When they played yes. in Seattle, yes. ooh, this is very different than it yes. normally is. Like yes. that was a lot easier for They're them. Like, to oh, as your cousins is like, oh, I can hear you. I can just say stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll just yell the audibles to each other. This is going to be fun. Yeah, man, it's. Uh, it's so weird because they look so bad at times, but they can look so competent and practical at times. You know, it's like there are stretches where it's like, oh, yeah, this is that like borderline playoff team. You're just describing Kirk Cousins. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> that was going to be – I'm taking over the interview again, but that was I wanted to ask you because we were texting a little bit about like, is Kirk the guy? Do we need to move on? Is this – the, the Vikings need to move on? Is this the time? Like – I don't know how you can yeah. see what we've seen from him and still think, because we were pretty supportive of Kirk Cousins yeah. in the last several years. I mean, he is who he is, and he's not going to be a rock star. And But at this point, it's like, man, he's got he's like a hindrance to that team almost. You know, like he is the reason they can't be sure what they're going to get. We can I, see it. I saw somebody, I can't remember what it was, but some national reporter called said Kirk Cousins is this year's Jameis Winston. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I don't disagree with that. Oh, you yeah, can't. Because um, really. he's, he's good for one or two interceptions a game this year. Yeah. Boneheaded ones. Totally. The um, dumb ones. Yeah. Not even the, like, oh, that was it, a tip pass. Or, like, and it's oh, weird, too, because maybe he's had a game or two like that, but it seems like every every game this year. He's mm-hmm. like that. I think he's trying to do too much. I think so. Trying to force it to definitely force it to Thielen. And then against the Falcons, he was definitely trying to force it to Jefferson. Definitely. Um, he's he's usually the guy that like spreads it around. He like he'll give it to CJ Ham. 
Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen that this year for the two yard pass. Like, yeah, man. That's the thing is to watch him do what he did for all those years, all those years to watch him do what he's done for the Vikings, check downs to CJ ham, things like that. Finding Laquan Treadwell open on third down, mm-hmm. even though he's like, why now are you unable to spread the ball around? Why now are you forcing the ball to those guys? Like we were begging you to give Stefan Diggs the ball more. Mm-hmm. but you couldn't force it to him. But like now it's totally doable that you can like force it to Jefferson every time. Like it confuses me. It doesn't make a lot of sense from like a schematic standpoint is the part that bothers me is it's like, Kirk, if you're going to be a good quarterback, be a good quarterback. If you're going to be a guy who forces it to your best player, be a guy who forces it to your best player. You can't do both of those things randomly and think your receivers are going to know who the ball's going to, you know, like, were you about to ask me if he's the guy, the quarterback? <laughs> is he, well, is he the guy that for the future? Like, or whatever? Yeah. For the, not that I don't, I mean, I think we all are on the boat that he's not their long term, like whatever. He's going to, he's going to be there next year. I would be, that's what I was going to say. You, yeah. I think he has his, his contract year. is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's stupid to trade for that kind of contract. Do you, although, feel- although, Kyle Shanahan in in San Francisco, he likes him a lot. He wanted him before they traded Garoppolo, but I think even, but he's not the GM. That's the problem. There's there's John Lynch is going to be like, yeah, but we're not going to pay that much for Kirk Cousins. For a a guy who does this, when we can get the same production from somebody who is literally half as much. And I think that's Jimmy. Is there a big difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins? Like, I don't think there's a huge difference. Like, he might, Kyle Shanahan might like the way some things that Kirk Cousins does differently than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think you get you gain like your team's that much better or it's he's that much of a difference maker. Obviously, actually, you know, not a difference maker. We found that out. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's I, the big. I just problem. don't think there's a whole a whole lot of difference between the two. Definitely. And it, well, it's to me, it winds up being the can you swap him out with somebody, and what does the uh, I would rather see Matt Ryan go to the 49ers. Yeah. Right. Well, in that. Yeah, that would be incredible to see. And Kirk Cousins, if you switch him out with other teams, other players, like if you put Kirk Cousins in Dallas, what does Dallas look like? If you put Kirk Cousins in Jacksonville, what does Jacksonville look like? I don't know. I think it depends what kind of offense he's in. That Kirk Cousins is so dependent on the pieces and stuff around him. He is a system. Yeah, and I feel like whereas a Jimmy G and some of those other guys, the thing that lets them be worth more money is the fact that they can carry it a little bit. They can adjust. They can be the thing that you, you know, work with as opposed to working around, you know. And Kirk is you have to work around him. You have to work around what he can do or you will or you will lose. If it was up to you, would you bring him back next year? Um, I mean, I, like I said, I don't think they have a whole lot of choices um i think he will be back and if they i think they have to draft somebody no matter what with and it doesn't have to be in the first round because everyone's like oh it has to be the first top three picks or whatever and like yeah well blake bortles will draft it in top three picks mr trubisky was top three picks lamar jackson was pick 32 so like it doesn't matter to me where they pick it, it matters who they pick and you know Who's coaching him? That's that's what matters with all these 100%. quarterbacks. 100%. Um, I think they'd like probably like to do a thing similar to the Chiefs when they had Alex Smith and then yes. 
sit there guy for a year, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, they would love to have someone like Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, yeah. he's kind of yeah. one. He's one of a kind, so you can't really hope on that. But I'd like to see them get a young quarterback in their next year. You know, maybe sit him behind Kirk and then look to move on in, in 2022. So I don't think this this situation's going away anytime soon. For sure. Um, but you never you never know with Rick Spielman. You never know. You can't you can't count that out. But I just think his contract is just it's there's too much going on there for for the Vikings to be able to to get out. So we'll, sure. we'll, we'll we'll get back to the Vikings and Packers uh, for this 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 last question. I'll let you go. Okay. It doesn't have to do with this weekend. But do you have a favorite Vikings and Packers memory? Oh, God, great question. The first, one, the first one that pops into my head, um, I went to college for one year. I was in River Falls, Wisconsin. Oh, boy. Um, and that was the year, the playoff game. I think mm-hmm. it was playoffs. Yep. Where Randy Moss scores the touchdown and then does the fake Disgusting. moon. Yeah. Uh, so f- I think for me, that's my favorite. I was in Wisconsin at a Wisconsinite's house. Like it was like the basketball team was at this guy's house. Everybody was from Wisconsin that I was with. I feel, and I I feel was like the just, Packers were heavily favored in that game too. I think so too. Yeah, I feel like they were because I was, <laughs> my recollection of it was I was on an island rooting for the Vikings and they won. And I was very, or I don't even remember if they won, but just Randy Moss doing that made me so happy and so satisfied that I just was good on the rest. So I think that's my favorite. Yeah. I think that's my favorite or, or Brett Favre uh, playing for the Vikings and beating. Cause that was really cool to see. Uh, I just, that was just cause cause it made Packers fans mad. And maybe, maybe in the future we'll get to do that with, with Aaron Rodgers too. Like Lord willing. Wouldn't be surprised. I I so much. (laughs) I enjoyed, you know, speaking of Randy Moss, just that that um, his when he was a rookie on that Monday night game, mm-hmm. where it was kind of like his breakout game, where everyone's like, "Oh, this kid's for real." Yes. Um, and I think I was like ten years old, and I, I wasn't even allowed to stay up to watch that. I just remember like getting up in the morning and seeing like on the, the front highlight. page of the paper and the highlights sure. and stuff, like the Vikings won. I'm like. What they did, dude? Um, he really so was. That, that rookie year yeah, was crazy. That was fun. I there's been some recent games that have been really enjoyable. Um, you know, I think what when they went in there with with, with Teddy and mm-hmm. went to win the division. I think 2015. I think it was like Adam Thielen had like a fake punt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even the tie that they had a couple of years ago where the Vikings came back with Kirk Cousins. I, I was just thinking that that was a really good football was, game. Was and fun. that was Kirk would played his butt off. He had Kirk Cousins Vikings had, had like two or three throws. A in kicker. That was like, they would have won. Oh, God, that was the kicker. I could say that for a lot of Vikings. <laughs> that was the drafted kid, wasn't it? Yeah, he's still in the league. He's with the Raiders. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't he just kick a game winner the other week, didn't he? I mean, he does that all the time because he's not in a Vikings uniform. Because now he's yeah, because as long as he doesn't have Zimmer purple, breathing down his can, neck, you can do that. Yeah, and have you know Zimmer giving him a snarl. You know, we should though for a real quick second before I go, we should acknowledge how good um, Dan Bailey has been. And that guy who's missed that like three stuff. kicks this year already. <laughs> I mean, yes, he's missed those kicks, but he's dealing with Mike Zimmer, and he's done a yeah, no, no, he's job. he's much he's much better than anyone. I I I think he's probably the best kicker under. In Zimmer's tenure, 
for sure. It's, it's pretty easy to say that. I, you it's not like it's hard. It's not like there's like going into a pick Kai Forbath. <laughs> yeah, that was what I was just gonna say. Although Kai Forbath does put up a good fight, he couldn't, he couldn't hit an extra point. <laughs> Fifty-five yarder. Oh man, yeah, those kickers. I don't know. Dan Bailey's been around for a long time, so he must be doing something right. But what a mess that kicker stuff is too. Is yeah, it just. It never, it's, it's a flat circle, Adam. It, it <laughs> always is. It's always going to be the Vikings talking about offensive line, quarterback. Kickers, uh, playoff losses. For real, man. Yeah. It just. This, yeah. What is the curse? Where, where, what is the curse? I just want to find out what it is. The most is, legit one that I have heard, truthfully, is that the Metrodome, which is also where U.S. Bank Stadium is, is Indian on the footprint. That, yes, is an Indian burial ground. Oh, and that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's everyone's like go-to curse it's like well there was indian burial ground I'm like it must why do they why do they care about football i don't know maybe they're upset that the stadium's there it's too loud i don't know okay. dude it's just yeah it doesn't make any sense it's a curse now though for real like oh, unequivocally yeah. they're snake bitten mm-hmm. franchise for sure but uh that's gonna do it for us today tyler uh thank you for joining this was a fun conversation uh for everyone out there make sure to follow and subscribe to this show the viking age podcast on the apple podcast app spotify or wherever you get your podcast we're on google the google podcast app and uh pandora too i think i saw so to close out the show tyler though i need you to just give me your best skull can you do that for me oh my god like just say skull or a skull chant whatever whatever you want to do god that's tough i'm just gonna say skull Skull, and then I'm gonna go go because that to yep. me is that's my call. That's <laughs> you can come over to my house on a Sunday, that's the noise. It's not skull <laughs> that's making that. <laughs> Dude, right. This is so fun. Thank you so much for letting me hop on here. I really appreciate it. This is no a problem. Blast. All right, we'll talk to you later. Got you later, bud.